0: Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: They th- expect me to walk away from Luton
0: with nothing. I'll make very sure there's nothing to walk away from.
1: Hello and welcome to the Oak Road Hatter Podcast. I'm Billy Muddy. Joined today by Kieran Robertson and Stephen Day. You might be noticing there's no Jamie Castle. He has opted to miss out, he's given us the two fingers because of an opportunity he has got tomorrow. We'll speak a little bit further about that once it comes out. But it's exciting to keep your eyes peeled on our socials. Today it's more of the same transfer business news from around the club and we've also got our segment of ask us anything first time we've actually done that so let's hope it goes okay Kieran I'll come to you first how are you getting on? Yeah not bad
3: I mean after what I said about pre-season and bookmarking Ryanair on my laptop it's safe to say that I have um unbookmarked Ryanair after the pre-season announcements which is a little bit underwhelming um but yeah, all in all, not too bad. Nice and busy of work. Nice and busy of all things Luton. Nice and busy of things all
1: Oak Road Hatter. So it's an exciting time at the moment. Stephen, what about you? Are you not fancying a little trip to to Sheffield? Treat the misses?
2: Nah, nah, not for me. Um, done it before. Did it for the FA Cup a while ago. So was a League One. So yeah, I'm all good. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. Glad to be back on. Glad to be on with a camera now as well, now that I'm in my new place. So there isn't a lot of mess behind me. It's actually organised. Um, just hoping to get some loom pictures up here. Yeah, yeah. Good to hear, good to hear. And as we've spoken about the last
1: couple of weeks, we're part of the Premier League, of course. Where have you been if you don't <laughs> notice that? But we're also um, going to be doing a lot more content on fantasy football this season. And we already started our league that's up and running. Oak Road Hatter, type it in and the passcode for that is Z2W8V7. We've already got loads of names in. It's going to be interesting. I'm pretty sure Jamie has uh, has attached a Luton shirt as need to the winner. So, um, yeah, that's uh Let's drain Jamie of his money and and somebody else get winning because I'm fed up of being part of fancy football leagues where Jamie wins all the time. So it'll be nice to see somebody else do that. Um, maybe that's a little bit
2: mean, but I think in <laughs> reality, Jamie should have put whoever finishes behind me in second spot gets to win the shirt. Wins the We know shirt. we know he's gonna, we know he's going to win it. Lads, that's what's right. our
3: um, what's our team names as well? Because I've not had a glance over. I've named mine. Osho owns Watford.
2: I like that, Stephen. I oh, I own oh my Gosho oh, FC.
3: Oh no, I did see yours. That was brilliant. Yeah,
1: <laughs> mine mine's awful for the moment. I've got a placeholder, so I've just gone for Mali's eleven. Whilst I think of something good, so uh, you got yeah. time. I've got time. I've got four weeks until the season starts. So that's. All good. As mentioned, we're going to be speaking about some of the news that's happened over the last few days. Also, got a few more transfer rumors and the first Ask Us Anything. So, exciting times ahead. We'll start, as I say, with the news. And the the first thing to come to is probably the pre season fixtures, as we've already alluded to. We've got one against Ipswich Town at (laughs) Coltest United, which was just. Out of the blue, there was chat about Ajax, there was chats about rural Antwerp. I know it was pure, pure speculation, but Ipswich Town, (laughs) it'll be a good test, but slightly underwhelming, let's say.
3: It's, do you know what, I texted my dad the other day and I said, it is the most peak Luton thing to say, by the way, we're playing away at Ipswich, oh, but it's not at Portman Road, it's at Colchester United. And, like, all of that thing in one sentence. And I just remember saying, that is painfully underwhelming. And then Sheffield Wednesday was just funny on the aspect of we're Premier League. They've just come out from the Championship. I'd consider it a good test, to be fair, two promoted sides. Um, and then you go on their comment section and they're like, oh, why are we only playing Luton? Surely we should be playing better than this. And it's like, all right, lads. It wasn't long ago you were in League One. It wasn't long ago what you were actually playing, us." But
1: fine, each their own. Do you know what? It could be worse. We could be, we could be some team down the M1 playing against a non-league team in and Wood and getting held to a draw. But um,
3: course, and throwing that's... a flare in the ground. Let's not forget that, Mark. If you have that photo, insert that photo because that is embarrassing to say the least.
1: <laughs> also, we have seen Sonny Bradley join derby county there was interest i think from the championship i think rotherham were in for him but he's gone to derby a team that will be vying for automatic promotion what do you think Stephen? do you think that's a good move for him um we've seen him lift the league one title he's also been an important player for us in the championship over the years maybe not so much last year do you think the top end of League One is is about right? Do you think he's somebody that that could make an impact for a team pushing for promotion?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think I think he's that is around about his level, maybe like you know, lower Championship and top half of League One pushing for promotion. Um, I think it's like it really depends on what the team would be looking for as well. And it, it's, I think Derby sort of need that experience to get them over the line because I think. I can't say that I know a lot about their team from last season, but they, I think they were like really inconsistent. They had some good spells and then had some really, really bad spells. And I think they, they will benefit a lot from his experience. And which is, you know, one of the things you need to say, you know, get out of league one. Um, And I think he's probably not going to play every game because, you know, his age and, and everything. And, you know maybe personal issues as well but um i reckon i reckon he'll probably you know get a good few games there and he'll be like a a really important player for them in a promotion push and i think i can't see why they wouldn't get promoted this season and so yeah i think it's a really good signing for for them and i think Bradley will do really well there as well
1: yeah it'll be interesting to see how if up, as we sort of mentioned before he's somebody that knows that league well. Um, even before us, he, he played for Plymouth and done well there. Um, obviously, won promotion with us, cemented himself in a in a championship team that done well. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he does when he goes back to that level. I think defensively speaking, he'll be absolutely fine. In possession, again, fine. Um, I've I done something for a, a Derby County fan page, said he's sort of the only kind of downside of it to him which was exposed a little bit last season was was a lack of mobility but i think at league one level i think his natural intelligence will will help him out for that yeah i'm excited to see how it goes brilliant another brilliant brilliant personality as well somebody that that you know has helped create this atmosphere within within the playing squad that's brilliant to be a part of um, we, we speak of Pelly we speak of Lockyer two very good characters but but Bradley probably a little bit more reserved but somebody that you want in your, in your changing room if you're going for promotion so Sonny Bradley hopefully it goes well hopefully get you on the pod one day um, that's the aim anyway that's what we're going to be trying to do we'll go on to pre-season now that started on Thursday the players reported back Uh, Good to see some photos and then some announcements later. Um, One today, one back on Friday, or might have even been Thursday, with Tom Lockyer signing fresh terms. First of all, Kieran, Lockyer penning down a new deal at Kenilworth Road. Life is good.
3: It is. And I think, I said with Pelly this morning, like Pelly was inevitable. It was one of those things where we, it would have been very, very, very surprising if Pelley didn't sign on, whereas Lockyer, there was a little bit of uncertainty. Um, However true that rumour of him to Everton was, um, obviously it doesn't matter now. Um, But it did throw a bit of speculation and it did throw a little bit of, all what if maybe he has got offers, like maybe not. He probably had a lot more offers, maybe based on us not going up potentially. Um, And if we hadn't, I'd hazard a guess and say he probably would have moved on, um, even if it was to a lower end Premier League team. But for him to sign on is crucial. Keeping as many players, like we said last week, keeping as many players as we can in that squad that are are of a good enough quality to potentially feature in the Premier League. Lockyer stands out again as a starting eleven player compared to the conversation last week, which was more about the squad depth in that sense. Um, Crucial, I think, goes without saying, club captain for me next season, um, without a doubt. He stepped in when Bradley obviously wasn't playing and was... The focal point in our back three. So for me, not only am I happy he's signed on, give that man the armband immediately. Make every Luton fan happy.
1: Steve and Pellero Campanzu will be starting his eleventh season as a hatter. That is an incredible stat. Even more incredible when when you consider that's from the fifth tier of English football, right up until the best league in world football. How exciting is that for him and us Luton fans that have seen him play in the National League? We've seen him not struggle, but we've seen him adapt to every division that he's been in and then come out on the other side of of being a real strong, strong player in that division. Do you think he's somebody that you know might take a little bit of adapting to the Premier League like he has done in other divisions and, and then he'll start to really impose himself?
2: Yeah, it will definitely take some time to uh, to establish himself. Um, I think I still see him being starting eleven, if not very close to the starting eleven. Um, it's I think one of the things that worries me is sometimes he can be like a teeny teeny bit slow, and obviously in the Premier League, like the Championship is quick, but Premier League will be a different level. Um, I you know there are some worries about whether he'll adapt to the pace, but in reality, like. He's going to be a good player no matter what. Um, and it is really exciting for us to have another thing that is making history with with a player that's gone from non-league to Premier League with one club, which, like, you know, I think we can all somewhat safely say that's never going to happen again. Um, it might do, but I kind of doubt it. And, um, yeah, and I think with, with his rise as well, it's kind of... I think the leagues where he's had to adapt the most there's been time for him to adapt and um, and this this is going to be like the biggest test for him because you think going up to league two there a, we had a few years to adapt and he you know was a really important player for us and then league one and um, you know he only one season and i can't remember him featuring like every single game and um, unless i'm Remembering wrong, didn't he? Wait, right, didn't he feature in every game that season. Didn't he like miss out on like half an hour in the last game? I might be thinking of someone else. Testament, anyway,
1: you are testament cha-
2: champion, championship. He, he, you know, took a little time to adapt, but again, he did really, really well to adapt. And I think a lot of that experience as well will help him to adapt to, to the Premier League. And I think his passing ability and his is sort of, I don't know how to say it, like it, he, he sort of just knows where to put the ball a lot of the time, even if it doesn't work out, he knows where the players are going to be. And it's that sort of knowledge that you're going to need um, within within the team in the Premier League. Because if we bring a, another player, a, another midfielder in, and they, they're not exactly as familiar with the style of play and where the players, you know, are going to be, you could be caught out a lot. So I think... Um, Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really really good to watch him, and I I love the man. I'm so happy that he signed on. As Kieran said, it was inevitable, but I I love him. I've always loved him. I've always defended him, and remember, you know, today there was a video of him his goal against Dartford, and I just that that and all of his other goals just brilliant. And I just I love the man so much.
1: He has served some brilliant memories over the years, and I'm sure he will going into the Premier League. There's a couple more, more headlining bits to go over. Um, our development squad started their preseason with a two-one victory over Hitchin Town, watched by over a thousand people, which is great to see so many people going down to to watch development squad. Some really really exciting talents in that squad, um, you know, like to Jake Berger. Um, Tyrell Newton as well two very very good players Millar Matthews Lewis as well continuing Um, I think he he signed a new contract in the summer Uh, there's some really really impressive talents coming through that and and it'll be interesting to see um, what kind of what kind of path some of those go on going into the the Premier League campaign we've also got Amari Bell to talk about Uh, he opened up his Jamaican account on, when was that? That was Sunday night, yesterday night. He um, scored in a 1-0 win the quarterfinals against Guatemala in the Gold, what is it, Gold Cup. It's always called. Yeah, I think it, yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. Gold I Cup. started immediately thinking of the race in there. I was, I was going mad. But yeah, here's the Gold Cup as well. Um, mm. Tidy little right-footed finish um, in nosebleed territory. And um, yeah, it's good to see him making his mark don't think he's going to have much time off, poor Amari Bell, but, but I don't think he'll mind because he's going to be a Premier League footballer. Uh, I'm sure that that thought in the back of his head will keep pushing him through. We'll go on to some transfer rumours now. It's slowed down um, compared to last week. Last week took a real real turn and there was lots to bring to you. But the, the latest ones here, Asmir Begovic, um, we've spoken about him before, but an update on his situation. Apparently, Luton are in advanced contract talks, according to Talk Sports Alex Crook. That one has a bit of inevitable. I can't. I'm trying to say words here, and I'm really struggling. I need. I need a drink of water. But it seems inevitable that that is going to happen. Um, we're the only Premier League side that are interested in him now. Um, after he turned down Everton, he's experienced. He's got a we've seen what he can do in the premier league in in the past when he played for bournemouth he also performed to a very very high standard i'd be happy with it and i know we've spoken about it a little bit more but but general feelings if begovic was to come in is he going to be number 1 is he somebody that will you know push the competition levels or is it too too hard to say because we don't really know who else we're looking at bringing in
3: I think because of his age and experience, I'd be hard-pressed to think of an alternative to him not being number one, if that makes sense. Like, for me, he is number one until i proven otherwise. And again, like, I think it all comes down to... It's fair to say we're in the market for two keepers. Again, like, we didn't take the option on Horvath for 1.5 million. Very surprised. Um, but equally, if the club think we can get better in then I'm going to back the team, I'm going to back the recruitment. And Begovic is a good sign of that already. Um, it then depends on what option two is. Um, I saw Travers was linked to another Premier League team earlier. Um, I can't remember who it was off the top of my head. Um, but he was linked with another move. No, it wasn't Prem, it was Millwall. He was linked with a move to Millwall. And I thought, ah, oh, OK, But the only thing that struck me there was, is he likely to get first team at Millwall or does he want to play on the bench for us? Because I don't think Travers gets ahead of Begovic at the moment. If we signed him and that's a long-term thing, yeah, because Begovic is 36. He's not exactly a spring chicken. Um, But then it leads you to, with Walton going out on loan as well, who is then number two? Because for me, James Shea is not number two for a Premier League team. And that sounds horrible. And I know there's a lot of sentimental Luton fans out there. But I think it's evident we are in the market for two goalkeepers.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I do think we're in the market for two goalkeepers. I think you can tell by the kind of goalkeepers that have been linked. There's a clear distinction between the set that is Begovic, Heaton. Um, I think there's another goalkeeper as well that that's more experienced. But then we've also been linked with, you know, as you say, Travers. Somebody that's of a completely different profile, um, completely different stage of development. So yeah, it would not be a surprise if Begovic was to come in, and we did bring a keeper that's you know twenty three to twenty six, that kind of age bracket. Um, we'll go on to next transfer rumor: Ashley Young, a uh, rumor that has divided the Luton Town fan base so much, we had oh to pull out about it. And um, I'll find I'll find the uh, official figures in a second, but but coming to you boys first, Ashley Young. What do you make of him? Um, well, I get to give you the official latest line. Um, it looks like he's turning down uh, an approach from Luton to sign for Everton. Whether that happens over the next few days it remains to be seen. But would you have liked Ashley Young at Luton Town? um does his Watford connections haunt you or do you sort of see past that
2: I mean for me I'm a bit like I don't care that much like it is years ago and I wouldn't have really been bothered by it but at the same time I didn't really want him because of the age and and whether or not he's he can actually do something for us. Like, I'm not saying that the current players we've got are better than him because they, obviously he's got what, 20 years of premier league experience and all that. Um, but I, I don't think that he would do a better job for us than, than what our current players would do. And I think it doesn't, even though like we're talking about uh, Begovic, like with his age and wanting to sign him, I wouldn't think it would fit, the the bill of us signing players that will improve us and which you know Begovic would probably improve our goalkeeping situation but Ashley Young I don't think it would improve us that much or at all and it, there wouldn't be any value in it we'd just be spending money on someone that might be able to provide a bit of quality here and there that might might keep us up but I I just can't see him doing anything magical and even though we're now probably not signing him. And I, I wasn't a fan of it because of the, the realism of it rather than Watford connections. or Sorry, Scum connections.
3: Kieran, I think the trouble you? with, yeah, I think the trouble with, I'm quite 50-50. Like I can see why we've gone in for Ashley Young, like 38, serial winner, lots of experience in the Premier League, lots of experience abroad. Like I think a lot of people forget he spent a few years at Inter Milan as well, like and was first team for Inter Milan. Like he didn't just go to Italy for a holiday. Um and the Watford thing strikes me because I think when people post their opinions, they were very much like, yeah, but he's Watford and it's like but they if you take your Watford tinted glasses off for five seconds and look at him as a player and what he can add to us it was all right when Matty Spring went to Watford and came back. It was all right when we got Rob Edwards, who was ex-Watford. What's the difference? Like, in that respect, that was the only thing that I was thinking. When it comes to his playing ability, there's quality there. There's no doubt. And there's a reason that Villa, who finished as high as they did, backed him for over half the season over Matty Cash. Like, they had that nice 50-50 rotation. But to sort of back Stephen as well, similar to what he was saying... In a sense, the age thing, 38 years old, fine. Is there quality there? Yes. But again, same as I said with Begovic, he's not a spring chicken. So then it makes you wonder, cool, last season he had legs, evidently. But at some point, the man ain't going to have the legs. And all it takes is us overpaying on wages, just that little bit, just to bring him in so we've got that Premier League experience. And bang, there goes the legs. And from the standpoint of when I saw just before recording of Everton wanting him and Everton more than likely to sign him than us, I thought, you know what? You're going to pay a lot more than we will in wages. He's going to have wage demands that are probably unrealistic for us. Hands up, take him, do what you like. Because I know full well that we would have come at it with a respectable wage for us and even, even still be in Premier League. He'd have probably scoffed at it Whereas Everton would have gone, you want this? Okay, there you go. All right, all power to you then. Like You do you.
1: That's fine. I think judging from what you two have said, it's been reflected in the poll results. Um, We put on Twitter, would you like to see Ashley Young join Luton Town this summer? 32% went yes, absolutely. 41% went no chance. And 27% were undecided. And yeah, I think it speaks volumes that, that there's no real sort of clear winner in that. Um, the fact that undecided is also quite high. Um, yeah, I think it speaks volumes about that, that you know, that there's no real um, standout winner here. Um, it would have been interesting to see what would have happened if he was to come to Luton, as we mentioned there. Premier League experience, a lot of quality with the ball at his feet. Um, you, you think back to Rob, uh, Rob Edwards when he saw his first bit of success with Forest Green. It was with wing-backs that, that crossed the ball and, and got at their defences. And, and that's what Ashley Young still can provide, even at the age he is now. Um, we've seen Alfie Dowerty thrive under Rob Edwards last season. And yeah, I think he would have done a, a decent enough job. Um, what for connections, of course. But yeah, for me... What for connections don't override the fact that he is a very good player with good levels of experience. Wages, yeah, I think that could have been a stumbling block. But realistically, would we have offered him anything other than a one-year deal? I don't. I
2: can't absolutely not. see that. No, no. So yeah, I think something I forgot to mention is, as well is like it's like sort of what how much value is there going to be in the wage that we'd give him? Like it was probably going to be quite high, even though probably respectful offer. It probably would have been the highest paid player at the club. Um, and I say probably I'm not an expert, but um, I think the value of what he could have provided with how much we would have been spending wouldn't has wouldn't have been as high as maybe investing in a younger player, someone that, you know, does have Premier League potential or is Premier League, somewhat Premier League quality now and someone that we can sort of rely on and grow and, and have someone to like, you know, challenge Alfie Doughty as well. And so I think that's another thing of like, you know, I wasn't too keen on it because I was thinking what, what value would it really, really bring um, to, you know, for, for how much we'd be spending on, on him. So yeah. I think we're quite lucky in the sense of
3: not every recruitment team in a country is like this, but I think Luton more so than anyone, we look at more at return of investment and like to link to what you said, Stephen, then it's like, you look at how much we would spend in a one year deal with Ashley Young. If we go down, we then look at that as well. He's not staying with us in the championship. He's now 40 years old and we've wasted X amount a week on a guy that hasn't helped our cause. Right. But you go for someone else who's cheaper, younger, 23, even pushing 25, let's say, who's cheaper. But then hypothetically, again, if we go down, then it's someone who's more than likely going to stay on in the championship, continues to grow, continues to progress. Or on another flip side, you look at it as we're staying in the Premier League, they've cemented themselves, and then there's potential sell-on value. Like Ashley Young, to sort of finish us off with him, I don't think now in hindsight, doesn't provide that return of investment for us.
1: Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting one as, as reflected in the poll. We'll go on to the next one, which was Thomas Kaminsky, the Blackburn goalkeeper that we've previously been linked to. There's been an update, uh, Blackburn, a standing firm with a valuation of around 6 million pounds. Um, that was the original report, and and the the update was that Luton um, have tabled a couple of offers um, that haven't gone above one million pounds. So there's a big um, big levels of disparity there so far. Um, an update from Lancashire Telegraph has suggested that he will be attainable f- uh, for between three to four million. So it'd be interesting to see if that's a value Luton will go to, or if they might look elsewhere. Um, within that original report as well, it was Kaminsky being looked at, as well as Lee Nichols at Huddersfield Town, another goalkeeping duo of, of a diff- different sort of profile to what we mentioned about Begovic and Heaton, and and then the younger sort of slot of Travers. Um, I think both Kaminsky and Nichols are 30, so they're in that sort of good age a very good age for a goalkeeper give you a lot of years at that age um so yeah as we said um Ashley Young at 38 you you've still got a long way to go there um the last one was Tom Cannon Everton striker played on loan for Preston North End last season scored eight goals in 20 Republic of Ireland youth international exciting striker has done a lot at Premier League two level as well um, I think Sunderland as well, they're, they're in for him. £3 million pounds is being touted at the moment. But again, it may be seen if that's something Luton, Luton will be fully interested in, once knowing his valuation. Tom Cannon, 20 years old, Stephen, uh, a player who's already scored a few championship goals. Do you think he's somebody that is a good player to chase for the future and if he was to arrive would you think that that sending him back to to the
2: championship on loan might be the next best step i i do think so to be fair because i think i mean in reality if we buy him it it'd be sort of either him or joe taylor as the sort of backup striker um behind, um, Morris and Adebayo and to be fair, um, I think, yeah, if we bought, bought him, we'd have to send either one of those on loan to the championship. And I think now that I'm thinking about it, I, I prefer, you know, Canon kind of come in and be, you know, sort of someone that we can develop in the team and then Joe Taylor go out to the championship on loan. Um, cause I think they're around about the same age or Joe Taylor is a bit older. Um, I think he needs a lot more exposure to the first team than than what um, Cannon would, because if if Taylor Taylor is that age, then yeah, you'd need sort of to let him have a lot more first team exposure, which he'd get in the championship, I believe. And then Cannon is sort of, he probably, if he's a long-term, he would be a long-term thing. He'd benefit a lot more from sort of being at the club, being with the coaching staff, being with the team, um, and being able to you know find out what we can get out of him as well. Um, but I think if we were going to start buying players for the future, now would be the time to do it while we've got uh, not excess funds, but while we've got funds to do it, because we're not going to be getting, if we get really get, we're not going to be getting in hundreds of millions a year. Um, and yeah. so I think if we can use the money wisely, now is the time to do it and splash out a little bit on players that we can get value out of in the future.
3: He didn't realise on mute, has he? I know,
1: I know. It, it actually reminded me there. It just it knew that I'd bull stuff and it, it told me. But that rounds up our transfer roundup. We'll be back in a second for the uh, next part, which is Ask Us Anything.
3: Ready to pop the question?
0: Picture the scene, all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So we'll go
1: on to the second part of this particular episode and we're on to ask us anything, something we haven't trialled out before. So it's going to be, it's going to be fun to see what happens. We've got a few questions in from fans. I'm going to put them to the boys and I'm also going to join in as well. We're, we've got a good few questions on Twitter, some on Instagram as well. So thank you very much for sending them all in. Um, Our editor Mark has (laughs) kindly put them all together. To make my job easier, so once again, I find myself saying thank you, Mark. Um, I will just get the first one out now, and the first one comes in from one of our writers at Oak Road Hatter, Alex Oakhill. He said, and it's a good one to start on. Away days, which one are we looking forward to the most next season? And and I think we've all sort of discussed it in a little bit detail, but we've We've sort of assessed them all, haven't we? We haven't really given our opinions as to which one stands out to you as the one that you cannot wait for. Um, I can see you both thinking. I'll go to you, don't
3: I, I, Yeah, I alright, one sprung to mind straight away. Um, uh, it's the same answer I think I gave a couple of pods ago. Um, United for me, United away. Um, I said... At the time, I remember saying that Manchester as a football in City is class. Um, can't wait to do United away. Um, obviously, you got the Football Museum up there. Um, if you want to do a weekender and City are playing the other day or you got Salford or whatever else, like it is class. Um, looking forward to it because I also said on that same podcast, I think it's the one big six game I think we might get some points from. Um, and yeah, like I said, National Football Museum, classic football shirts, plenty of places to go out, have a drink, have a good night out, know a couple of people up in Manchester as well. So that being said, resounding vote, Man United away. Stephen, what about yourself?
2: Uh, It's so hard because obviously all of the top six or big six, whatever you want to call them, are all going to be good. And I think, I think Everton just because of the uh, the stadium and e- either either Mer- Merseyside teams to be fair, but I think yeah Everton for me is just because I've well, I've sort of been up there for Tranmere away, but um, I think seeing Everton Stadium would be brilliant because that is going to be knocked down soon, um, and I think that was. Going to be, if we didn't get promoted, I was going to be like, oh, I need to get up there for a game before they knock it down because I was devastated to have missed a game at the bowling. And so it's something that is, you know, on the calendar for me. Um, and I think, obviously, Liverpool will be a great, great day out. Great, you know, can make a weekend of it. I know people will. Um, and that'll, that'll be a brilliant away day. And I think, you know, not, not, uh, predicting things just yet, yeah, but I think, you know, it's a sort of a way there we where we could get points. Um and if we did it would be brilliant. So um yeah, that's that's the standout for me. And then obviously both North London clubs I can't wait for Arsenal and Arsenal and Spurs. Just both stadiums I love and I want to do I've done them both. Um one uh, Emirates for football and then um Spurs for for NFL and but I, I remember being there and I was thinking what what would this be like if Luton were here on an away day and that was two years ago and now I'm like we're actually going we're fucking going so yeah I'm well excited for that as well
1: I've got deja vu because we've definitely uh, as, as you both alluded to there we've definitely spoken about these away days but
2: oh yeah in, in the yeah. event
1: of speaking about something new my one and this bit's not new. My go-to for next year is Liverpool. Um, obviously, went to uni there. Um, Love the city. Also used to work there. Um, I was a steward uh, for, for a bit during um, just before COVID hit. Um, I worked as a steward at, at Liverpool. So I cannot wait to go back as a Luton Town fan and hopefully take all three points with us. We'll go on to the next question. Thank you, Alex, for that first one. The second one from LTFC Talk. Which three centre-backs start in our strongest 11? And that is a very, very good question. I'm struggling to... to... There's so many different combinations in my head, but but I'll come to you first, Stephen. Um, now we know that Lockyer's staying. We've got Mads Anderson in the building. Um if you think there's another center back that that could come in that to potentially challenge another spot feel free to to shout their name as well but if you were if you were to name your starting three center backs for brighton away now who would you go for
2: i think i always forget about bell as a center back but i think it, i think he just has to be in there just because of last season and i need to stop uh ignoring him as a centre-back and think of him as a uh, wing-back. Um, I think, yeah, Bell, Lockyer and Burke. Um, I love Burke. I think he'd be brilliant in the Premier League if he'd stay fit. And I think Mazadson will need time to bed in. But um, that that would be my, my go-to and probably what I think is most likely as well. Kieran,
1: what about you? Where's your head up with those starting three centre-back slots. So,
3: Stephen's kind of taken a few words out of my mouth already because I'm actually going to go with Bell, Lockyer, Anderson. But for the same reason that Stephen mentioned about Burke, I'm going to twist it around. You said Burke if he's fit. And that is the reason I have not gone with him. Because I agree, Burke is solid. Burke is incredible. Burke is an aerial threat. However, in the Premier League, we cannot be relying on a centre half who is fit for half a season. And that sounds naff because we all have Reese Burke and he's been quality for us the last couple of years. But again, I think I said this last week when I was asked if Mads Anderson would start for us. And my simple answer was there's no reason. There's, there's a reason we've paid a record fee for him. And there's that for me is enough to justify the quality of him and that is why he will start. So based on currently, obviously I think we're probably still one centre-half signing short, potentially. We'll see. Um, See if Luton cross that bridge. But for the meantime, Bell, Lockyer, Anderson, just in case I need clarifying, left to right.
1: It's good because I've got a different three in my head. Um, I've got Bell, I've got Lockyer, yeah, but i've got osho um i think osho oh, wow. has reached heights that i didn't think he was capable of last season um coming to that end of the season he was unbelievable and i think he along with burke are the two center backs that i envision adapting to the premier league the best i think osho showed at, at times last season that he's still got a, sort of an error in him um but i think maturity um added a real element of maturity to his game as the season went on and we saw the very best of him. Defensively speaking, he's dominant. He is lightning quick. He's so, so good in recovery, Um, but he can also play. He can play very well. Um, You look back to some of the goals we scored that started with him last season. Then that was one away at Wigan where he played a really good pass into Adebayo or... Morris. I'm not too sure which way around it was and when we, we scored from that, but he is, in my head, the player that can adapt. Within the back line, at least, he, he can adapt to the Premier League well. And I think Burke, Anderson, two very, very, very good players to have in behind the, the starting three that I've mentioned there. I think competition is going to be very high, but I do also agree with Kieran. I do think we need maybe one more potentially a little bit younger um to to you know maybe at the age bracket of 20 to 22 somebody with with real talent to push but also provide uh one for the future kind of um platform because if you look at our forward line we've got joe taylor in that's an exciting prospect that needs a, a fair few more games we don't really have that in our back line and Um, to go on further in the midfield as well we've also got someone like Louis Watson who who we'll get onto in a minute Uh, players that are of high quality but are only sort of in their infancy of their careers so I'd like to see a player like that come in Um, again I don't think they'd come on too high of a fee depending on on where they come from Um, but yeah I think that that in my head um, that is the starting three Um, but yeah It's good to see that all three of us have different opinions for that. That's uh, that's a sign of a very good question.
3: To be fair, I can't believe that I didn't actually consider Gay Bosho in my thoughts. Like for me, the renaissance of Gay Bosho could genuinely be made into a feature length film. Like you look at Watford Away and you had Trusted Kong doing all this and doing all this. And obviously I made a TikTok. So if you follow our TikTok, respect to you and you would have seen what I'm alluding to but you look from from that game onwards if someone from an outside perspective looked at that, watched that man get sent off, laughed off the pitch you'd think oh my god like how do you bounce back from that every single game that that man played in from that moment on was minimum an 8 out of 10 big game player, I was calling it all over Twitter from January onwards, big game player Scores against Watford. Big performance in the playoff final, having to sit in the middle because Lockyer went off. That's massive. Like to put that on your shoulders and be the main man in a playoff final. Not to mention all those mini moments before that. As Troy Deeney said once, the cojones on that man. Unbelievable. Like I said, feature length film, the renaissance of Gabe Osho. He was in a cinema at Watford a few weeks back. Maybe they should preview it there. (laughs)
1: That's brilliant. That is brilliant. Uh, We'll go on to the next question here. It's come from another one of our writers, Sam. Another very good question. Which Luton player is best suited to the Premier League? And there's a lot of different ways you can go here. There's players that may be athletically speaking ready. There's players that are probably more technically speaking ready. There's loads of different elements to consider here. Stephen, I can see you deep in thought there. Go on.
2: Give us some insight. Uh, I really don't know. There's a a few that I want to say, but then it's like, for other reasons, someone else might be better. Um, I think... For me... I just, it is so hard
0: I'll
1: give you some time
3: I've got two or three based on different things so you mentioned athleticism, if we're talking pure athleticism and pace of the game doubt it my only concern with him is would he last 90 minutes every week which is probably a no um, physicality I'm gonna go with Eli. Morris could be a second place for that. But technical ability then goes to two players, either Morris or Lockyer, for me, in terms of being able to take the ability they currently have and step up to the league without necessarily needing time to adapt, in a sense. I think mean, they're both they're both Premier League players.
1: Yeah. Good shouts, Steve, anyone. Any other names you can throw into this? Like, say, a Jordan Clark. Do you think he's got the passing capabilities, ball carrying capabilities to to thrive in the Premier League?
2: I mean, yeah, I can't see. I think that this is the thing. It's not. It's not hard for me because I'm thinking, oh, who is the one that's adapt? You know, going to be best in the Premier League. It's who out of our current pro- proper players is. One of the more standout, better players, and it's like you sort of after last season, like you think about Lockyer was brilliant, Kieran was just spent about an hour picking up gay Boss Show. Um, and <laughs> you know <laughs> Morris has done brilliantly, Adebayo, yeah, his physicality, like it's there's so much, um, and I think like Campbell as well, like his he he could easily be the the most suited to it, but I think for me it is either Lockyer or. Um, or Colton Morris. And I think Colton Morris has grown so much in like the last year. And I think his overall ability, ability on the ball, shooting ability, his, uh, oh God, it sounds like FIFA, but um, yeah, his his actual ability all round, I think, is one of the best out of our squad. And then the same with Lockyer as well. I think passing and strength is... You know, he can knock people off the ball, he's he's smart, he's he's good on the ball, and he's reliable. I think those two, um if I if I was to choose one, I'd probably say Lock you out of it. And um, yeah. I, I just think those two out of the current crop of players are, you know, most well suited to to step up to the Premier League. Um but you know, we was talking about Pelly earlier and I think he's gonna suit suit it as well because I think that's all the stuff that I was saying earlier like is, is going to benefit him and he will hopefully adapt because he's you know, even though he's well, he's got a lot of experience with having to adapt so it's something that he's good at so that's something that he will be able to carry into the Premier League next season so yeah um I think I'd say Lockyer for me
1: We'll go on to a different kind of question here Um, from HD underscore Lost in France. Now, as supporters of a Premier League club, what are the best options for overseas fans who have been able to follow almost all the matches via iFollow? It's something I didn't even consider going to the Premier League that iFollow won't follow us because obviously it's an EFL um, attached platform. And the the answer, which is probably not the best one, is I really don't know. Um, I don't know what you boys think, but Going to the Premier League for overseas fans. Above. I think it depends on where, doesn't it? Because I,
3: I, I know ESPN is quite good for coverage, even sort of in Europe as well. Like, I remember when we were out in Eindhoven recently. I don't know how much you remember, Stephen, but like, whenever we were in some sort of bar or anything, the kids chuckle underneath. <laughs> um, whenever we're in some sort of bar or anything, it was always like ESPN Plus, And that wasn't just for like Eredivisie content either. Like it was across the board. Um, so one would like to assume, I'm not saying this is factual across the board because otherwise whoever is lost in France in this question, is going to kind of go, what's an ESPN? Um, that might be your solution or like Bill alluded to. If you are someone that wants to, I don't know, go and get a Fire Stick off Amazon and, you know, make your boy down an alleyway that might be able to sort that out for you and all power to
2: you. But I don't condone that behaviour. No, no, no. Naughty, naughty. <laughs> I think, isn't it like most Premier League games are screened overseas anyway? So um, I, I think if you're wanting to watch games, like I think there'll be some sort of subscription service that you'll be able to... To see and and find our games on, I, I think it should be quite easy. To be fair, I yeah. can't remember it being that expensive because I think one of the arguments about you know TV rights for England is that it costs so much and we get so little compared to overseas um, territories. So it's uh, one of those where you know we there's a lot of options for other people, but we don't get a lot. Um, but yeah. I think that's i don't i can't think of any actual names, but I'm pretty sure it's like most games are screened screened on there um, on live t v for overseas people
3: yeah, I think the are starting to get into football now, like i know if for those who don't know what the zone is d a z n if you watch boxing, you definitely know what the zone is um but I think they sort of started with boxing they do a lot of darts um but now I think they're branching into football. I'm not quite sure, but fingers crossed that might be the sort of solution for people in that respect.
1: Yeah, I think naturally coverage of the Premier League is going to be much better than, than the Championship, hence the original need for iFollow to come in. Um, I don't know what Luton are going to do in terms of rewatching games. I know the day after you could rewatch um, the full match replay I don't know if that's something that will be available via what Hatter's eye follows is becoming Hatter's player I think so hopefully that feature is still all part of it because that's very handy tool um, we'll go on to the next question and it is from a fan account LTFC 30 points who gives uh you know the rest what is happening with Joel Latibodier? He's a free agent, young, perfect fit for our recruitment. I have to agree. I think he is a very good player. I think everything about him, um, from his physicality to his maturity, the fact he came through at, at Man City and is technically a very good pass of the ball. He's good in his jewels. He is a centre-back that, spent a lot of last season as a right wing back and he's currently out with Amari Bell, um, with the Jamaica national team playing, I think, as a holding midfielder or, or even more advanced as number eight, I'm not too sure, but I know he's playing more centrally. I think everything about Joel Latibodia is very looting and we've spoken about him before, but I would I think even more so um going into the new season, I think I'm more inclined to have Latibodier, um as, as part of our squad going into the new campaign. I think that would tick the box as well with what um, Kieran and I alluded to a little bit earlier about maybe having another central defensive option. I think Latibodier would be somebody that, that you know, he could be deployed elsewhere, but he's also somebody that, that could play in that position, sort of like Glen Ray, where he wasn't your starting centre-back, but we knew if we were short of defensive options, Glen Ray could do do a job in the Championship and he, he proved more than okay with that. So I don't know if you boys have a differing view about Latibodier. Um Again, haven't seen too much of him because he's only young and the, the only experiences we've had is, is probably two games against Swansea. But from what I've seen, Latibodia, a big tick next to
2: yeah, I think, yeah. um, on, yeah, I, I think for me, like he's one that sort of, I think we've been, uh, linked with him before and I think it's, um, someone that I think a few of us have had like a bit of an eye on because obviously cause he's young, um, fits the bill of, um, being versatile as well. And he's someone that could grow and also saying that he's out of contract, but he's a free agent now, isn't he? So, um it, it to me, no brainer, because um, he fits so many. He takes so many boxes for our recruitment team for for what we look for um, in terms of you know, as I said, versatile. I I assume I, I haven't seen him play a lot, but I I'd assume that he's probably quite a athletic person as well, considering that he can play right back, right wing back. So um, yeah, I think, in all honesty, like going off of the little knowledge that I know, um, no brainer really. Hundred percent, very
1: very good player. We'll go on now to um, another one from LTFC. Dave. He says, "Whatever happens this season, Edwards doesn't get sacked." Agree, disagree. Yeah, we easy agree. As long as he doesn't do anything, um, you know, against the law or anything, then yeah. Um but in all seriousness, I think Edwards, you know, I, I think what David's alluding to there is if things go tits up, if we don't have a, a good season, if you know, our, our way of playing football doesn't work out in the Premier League, will we stick by Edwards? And I think we I think we will. I think he's got us there. He's obviously in the early stages of the project he started. He evidently was promised time and we're a club that give him that, unlike another club I know. But I think also with Edwards is that he's played to our advantages so far. I think there's a lot more to come from him, I think, in terms of being better on the ball he's alluded to that many times even since we've been promoted that he wants us to be better on the ball and i think that's something that will come with increased funds and and being able to you know have a few transfer windows where he's able to bring his kind of uh profile of player to the club which i think he'll continue to do i've said it before i've been quite bold about it i think there's potential that that rob edwards could be an, an england manager in the future um he's got the connections already he's been very successful in the early stages of his career. Um, you just have to listen to his coaches' voices, interview to, to get some insight into how intelligent he is. Um, but I think he also places so much trust in his immediate team around him, which I think sometimes undervalued. I think to delegate responsibilities to someone like Richie Carl, who's been equally as successful and, and Paul Trollope and, and really believe in what they try to do as well. Um, I think, speaks volumes about who he is. He can have that individual success, but as a collective, he's he's sort of the three of them are, are brilliant. Um, so yeah, I think keeping Rob Edwards close to the club, regardless of what happens with this season, has to be a must. Um, in terms of his second part of the question, he said, which signing either so far or to come is the most important if we are going to survive? Um I'll come to you first, Stephen, for the first question um, about Edwards. Does he get sacked? You know, place him in any scenario. Nah, that's good to hear. No. And then, second question: Which signing so far or one to come, a potential uh, target, um, uh, will be the most important if we are going to survive the Premier League drop?
2: Um, I think it's got to be a goalkeeper really and I think we've got established players in every position but that one Um, and I think if we can you know someone like Azmir Begovic and you know not spring chicken but at the same time plenty of experience and experience of commanding you know and the defense of Premier League teams as well obviously and something that we could need, and something that could really help. And um, and I think if it's not him, then it needs to be someone else with with experience. But obviously, you know, you don't get you don't get a lot of goalkeepers that have a wealth of experience either. And um, they're cheap at least. And so I think, yeah, for me, it's got to be goalkeeper. And whether it's Begovic or someone else, it's got to be someone that that can help and well it's going to definitely improve our our goalkeeping situation not not berating anyone that we've got but it's just i don't think any of them are premier league quality and none of them have premier league experience so um it's something we definitely need to to build on
1: and kieran flicking through these these questions now i've been we've been dragging this out for 59 minutes i can't believe where the time's gone um, we're moving on to Instagram now. Some questions on Instagram, and this first one has come from Emma. She asks: Is there any chance of Nakamba making the marvelous move to Luton? Um, let's hope so. Let's hope so. I think the last update we heard from sort of a, a reliable enough source, it was 99.9% done. Um, a few um, not disputes, but a few conversations about the wage. Um, and that won't be Nakamba being greedy, I can assure you that. Um, of course, he's got his foundation that he wants to to protect as well. So that's probably the only reason things are holding up. Um, I, I can't really see him not signing. And I don't know if that's me being too hopeful, if that's me being too confident, but I, I just see him playing Premier League football with Luton Town next season.
3: Yeah, so do I. And I think you only have to look at... There's a couple of things I look at from this perspective. Is One, the lack of leaks that have come out about potential other players coming in. Like, for example, Drame, it's gone quiet, really quiet. And then we're linked with Ashley Young. And then Leeds United are all over Twitter like, oh, he's Cody! And we're like, yeah, great, cool, that's not happening. Cheers, lads. Um, Whereas then you look at Nakamba... And it's been ongoing. It's just been, yeah, there's this. Maybe there's that. Oh, but they might explore this option. It's always been a thing. Um, and there's also been a lack of other option. Like, yeah, we were linked with that guy from Midland, But again, it was like one report, quiet since. Linked with Ben Pearson. He's since signed a new deal at Stoke. Um, it's one of those where... Or, sorry, plays either way, regardless. And... It's one of those where you think you hope it's done. Like you then look at Villa's midfield now, and you they've just signed Yuri Telemans, and without disrespecting the Nakamba, I don't exactly think he's top of their priority list. And where they obviously want to free up funds potentially, um, to obviously further more signings. They're linked with you know Paul Torres and all this that and the other. Getting the Camber off their books, getting their wages off their books, frees them up for more players to so the Conference League. That's the only. The only thing I could see him staying for is like maybe playing Conference League football. But again, signing Telemans, McGinn, Ramsey, Douglas Sweeze, Kamara. Like, do you need Nakamba as well? No. Sixth choice midfielder. Come on. Come on, boy. Come
1: to loo. Okay. We'll go on to the other Instagram post. Uh, the, the, sorry, the Instagram question we got from Harry Folgate. Hi, guys. First-time Poster, long-time fan here. You seem to have real talent on your hands with Louis Watson. Is he ready to be a Premier League player or do you think a loan to a Championship club this season would be better for his development? Um, we've spoken about Louis Watson. And we're excited about his development. What do you think is best for Louis Watson, Kevin?
3: Um, Sort of alluded to it uh, before recording. And for me... In light of Sonny Bradley going derby, I would quite like the idea of Louis Watson going there too. Um I said earlier that I would rather him go to a high end League One team that are pushing promotion, and if you was to ask me who's getting promoted out of League One this year, Derby would be in my three. I would rather him be involved in that setup than be involved in a mid championship to low end championship setup. And he gets a bit part play time. Like you've only got to look at Elliot Thorpe last season, went to Burton Albion, come in, manager brings him in. Two weeks later, manager gets sacked and the new manager goes, yeah, I don't want you. He just doesn't play. And that's then a whole waste of a season on a man's development. If the manager, say if they're playing for a low-end championship team, send Louis Watson to sorry for the example lads, but Rotherham, um, and they're fighting a relegation battle by December and they sat Matty Taylor. You think, okay, is the new manager going to want him? Is the new manager going to play him? You don't want that. You'd rather him be involved in a setup like Derby, who are going to be pushing up that top half, who are going to have higher ambitions, which means he is going to play regularly and he's actually going to be an influential role in their promotion and therefore develop better as a player, having those winning experiences rather than just being a bit part player in another system.
1: We'll go on to the penultimate question here, and it's back to Twitter. And it's from our editor, Mark Lomax. Why have we had such a struggle to find a long-term goalkeeper, injuries aside, and end up with a new keeper most seasons? Um, It's a head-scratcher. It's a real head-scratcher. It's one that I didn't know the answer to before it's one that I still don't know the answer to. It's one that's very difficult to answer, but I think I think it comes down to scouting in a in a sense. I think it's a lot more difficult to scout a goalkeeper than it is for, for outfield positions. Um, there's a lot more technical demands that you don't quite understand unless you are a goalkeeper yourself. Um, but I, I think now we've got, you know, like Pilkington, Kevin Pilkington in the setup. I think he'd be he'd play a big part in, in scouting. Um, so I think we will become better at it. I think in time we will um, be able to recruit effectively on the goalkeeping front as well as we do on the outfield front as well. Um, I think someone like Begovic coming in could also help um, if we were to get somebody younger as well. I think he could play a big part in, in shaping and continuing the development of a younger goalkeeper. Um, it's Something that we've struggled with. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um, but, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's been disastrous. I think we've still managed to find decent enough keepers. Horvath done a solid enough job for what was required at the start of the season. I know we've opted not to, to take him up on his permanent option. Um, I think there's also Jack Walton as well. I think he's he's an okay, decent goalkeeper. And I think when we bought him at championship level, I think that he, he could have maybe played a part next season if we were still in the division. Um, And James Shea as well, somebody else that that came in the lower leagues and and, has risen through. Um, But of course, there has been some stories. Sluga didn't really work out. Matt Macy hasn't really worked out so far. I don't know if you boys agree with that. Um, I think there's a a noticeable difference, a notable sort of level um, decrease of where we've recruited our our outfield players and goalkeepers, but I don't think it's that bad. I think it's probably more noticeable because of how effective we have been in the outfield market.
3: Yeah, I think the thing for me is the one keeper that I've seen us have in the last few years, and I think a lot of you will go, oh yeah, forgot about that. Jed Steer, for me, is the one that when we signed him in, I thought, it's a loan. If he plays well, we're getting this man in permanently and he'll be unbelievable. And he showed glimpses of being unbelievable. And he just looked that step above what we'd had before. It was like, yeah, Sluger's left. Cool. Like Sluger had his moments, saved us in that Wigan game, made some big saves, even for all his howlers. But that's another story. Whereas Jed Steer comes in and immediately you just have this big six foot four keeper who commands his box, jumps up, wins the ball from corners. But it's that commanding that I think we've missed more so. Like, it's the communication side of things. Like, yeah, I think to allude to sort of what you'd said then, we've been quite lucky that our defence, whether we've had Bradley or Lockyer in the middle of that three over the last couple of seasons, we've had someone that can communicate and control a back line. And we've not necessarily needed it from a Sluga, from a Horvath, who's come in on loan, doesn't know the team, or Sluger's case, doesn't necessarily speak the language very well. And it's like, okay, we don't need that reliance on communication yet. But now we're stepping up to the Premier League. I want someone behind, I back Tom Lockyer and his communication and his sort of presence to control that back line. But someone like Jed Steer was that example of a man that can communicate Talk to his defenders and make that unit even more compact and even stronger. That is the main characteristic we need in whatever keeper we sign. And you can see why Begovic is probably coming in as a result because he is that six foot six, six foot seven, demanding keeper that takes up so much space. And you go up for a header, he's got the ball. See you later. He's gone. That's the sort of we need someone that commands the space they control and communicates with their team, not just kind of. Like Horvath had his moments, but in hindsight, he was a placeholder for a really good defense, and it's all fun and games having a really good defense. But that, those characteristics I've said then, that's the next level. Now that's where you go from really good to elite, and that's what we need to start looking at.
1: He's muted again. I've done it again. I've done it again. He's but Alex Palmer is similar. Um, I know we only seen him yeah. for, for two games, but I think he was he was similar where he showed glimpses of that real quality um, pushing at the, the very top end of of being very good. Um, I'd I'd like to sign him. He's, a, he's another goalkeeper I've been very fond of. Um, we'll go on to the last question, and this comes courtesy of Mister Dale Robertson. So I'll ask this to you, Kieran. Um, can this Luton team? emulate the 80 the, that sort of late 80s the early 90s of of what we seen at Luton now I know we weren't old enough to watch it week in week out but I think we've all heard enough stories to to understand what we were about back then um, we were tough we were gritty but we also had some some real quality in some of the wide players and the attackers we had um, and I, I in that respect i could see a, a lot of similarities think maybe we did have more creative talents back in the the late 80s and early 90s um of course mick harford was, was probably the the figurehead of it all in terms of um in the attacking side of things steve foster um probably the figurehead defensively speaking um could probably draw a lot of similarities to to morris and mick harford's probably because um morris is now under harford's wing. Uh, But they're both powerful, powerful strikers that win their aerial duels and also have a lot, well, have and had a lot of quality about them. Um, Yeah, I'll ask you first, Kieran, can you see, can you see sort of any similarities?
3: 100%. I think it helps having someone like Harford, who was obviously a player during that era, and having him amongst the club throughout all these years since he's been a player, to sort of carry that ethos back down through the club as it's come, as the years have gone on. Like, you drew a comparison there, like Harford and Morris, and I was sort of thinking of, you think of like, you speak to my dad, Stephen speaks to his sort of family, you speak to your dad, Bill, about the players that they would have seen growing up. And you're looking at, you mentioned there, Mick Harford, you Ricky Hills, your Brian Steen, Steve Foster, Maldonado, I could sit here forever. Even you think when we were probably knee high and you're looking at players like Chris Coyne, Kevin Nichols players like that like no matter who we sign there always seems to be that sort of player where we look at and go he reminds me of that person like you just said then the half of the Morris thing similar to you look at then Steve Foster commanding the line in the 80s Chris Coyne in the noughties and now Sonny Bradley and Tom Tom Lockyer like there's always that comparison But the reason we're able to make those comparisons fairly often in really good periods like now is because of that ethos around the club. Like The model of player we look for I don't think has ever changed Like from when our parents were kids to now. And then you think, we're all mid-20s, give us 10, 15 years, we've had children, and we're going to be telling them, oh, do you remember that Sonny Bradley fella? Yeah, he reminds me of this guy who's now playing for Luton in 15, 20 years time. And it's just, but that will only be a thing. You won't see that at very many teams, but you'll see it at Luton, not just now. So to answer the question, this team is emulating that team of the 80s, that team of the 80s that was taking the lead by storm in the first division, Little Woods Cup final. That is the route we're going down. We're back in the Premier League. We're back in the big time. And those people that are older than us, that I speak to quite often in sort of like the gym I work at. It's like, yeah, I remember when Luton were good in the 80s. And it's like, yeah, but now we get to say that we're good now. So if anything, yes, it is a big emulation, more so of the 80s for me, because that's where we are synonymous in a lot of older generations' heads of, oh, Luton were good then. and But now we, as fans who have gone through the rubber and gone through the mud, we now get to turn around and say, that is when we were good and we are good now, not just then. And we don't have to reminisce on times where we were and even come out of the womb yet, let alone supporting them.
1: I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the answer very much. That was that was a very good way to end it, I think. Um we're up to seventy four minutes now. So uh that's definitely broken the record of our longest, definitely video because this is our second one, but that in terms of the podcast as well, this is definitely up there. That leaves us to say goodbye for this evening. Um, One thing that we would like to ask is that you subscribe to us on our newly formed YouTube channel. Um, Looking through the watches so far, we've only got 16% that have subscribed and we'd love that figure to bump up. We also, uh, on Spotify, rate us five stars that would be greatly appreciated as well until next week when we probably bring you some more transfer rumors as they continue to spice up it is goodbye from us